Welcome back to 1010's Podcast. My name is, of course, Michael Beck with Handsome Rob. Oh, nice. And no Adam. Crickets. Oh, we should have played crickets. We don't have a soundboard, Robbie. We've talked about this. Oh, we don't we... have the little button thing like Jason Ellis has. Can we be a radio show? Or Howard Stern. Nobody has offered us a radio spot yet. Okay, well, chirp, 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 chirp. Adam's not here again. So Adam is out for this week, but we have a replacement guest host. Uh, we have James, and I will butcher your last name, so why don't you just say it? <laughs> I'm James Chartres. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, James is the uh, sole proprietor, racer, um, mechanic, I assume, as well, for uh, Kanga Motorsports. Yep, that'd be me. Does it all. Um, so we, we, we met James pretty early on in doing the podcast. I think we, we got in touch through Twitter or maybe through Instagram, but... Um, you were, I think, looking for additional automotive podcasts, and we got connected, and we've been talking to each other now for like six months, and so this has kind of been in the works for a long time, but we just started doing more remote stuff, so we figured now that we're doing it, we wanted to get James on to talk a little bit, because you've got a pretty interesting background, and um, you do some pretty interesting things with Spec Racer Ford, so. Yeah, I'm not, not sure how interesting they are, but we can talk about it. Well, so one of Robbie's bucket list things is to do wheel-to-wheel racing, so. Robbie thinks it's pretty interesting. I think it's super interesting. So yeah, it's, fun. it's a fun hobby. It's also, you know, has its ups and downs, but it's good. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Spec Racer Ford thing. I mean, how did you get into that? So uh, back in, I don't know, 2010 or so, I have a Datsun 240Z. I was kind of track daying that car. It, it was, it's a little too nice to put into a wall. And so after a few track days and a few years, I decided, you know, I really should get something that I can just, you know, crash into a wall and fix and not have to worry about too much. And uh, so I started to look around at different options and then went to Skip Barber with a buddy of mine. We got a pretty big discount and did the race school there and then started looking to doing SCCA racing. So visited a couple races. Did you did so, you do the the school for any particular reason, or you, it was just something to do? Did you want so, to get your license? Was that something that was on your list to do, or it was just it was just an opportunity and you took it? Eh, kind of a bit of both. I looked at get my license, and then also it just popped up that it was a killer deal. I think we got something like buy one get one free or something crazy oh, wow. like that. So, because normally they're like three grand or something, aren't they? Yeah, and then, but if you sign up, you I mean there's fifty percent discounts and a whole bunch of discounts you can get from time to time. So that's always been my thing about it is it just seems like really really expensive to do. And I, I bet that there's probably a way to do it locally that would be cheaper, but it's not very well publicized. So mm-hmm. I've not really looked into it that closely. But yeah, I, I, like through NASA or SCCA, you can get your license, and it's probably a little bit cheaper than going through a Skip Barber type thing. Um, but you might have to rent a car as well, so there, there's that cost there. But, I mean, you could rent a spec Miata and kind of do the, the school weekend for reasonably cheap. So you got, the, you got the license, and then did you know you wanted to do Spec Racer Ford, or was this something that you found that was interesting? So uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, I would love to race the Datsun, but it's just a lot of expense to maintain it and upkeep, and then also... It's a unibody, so to repair it, it's a kind of a lot of work. And then there are not that many cars in our region to race against. So I was looking at Formula V, and then Formula V doesn't have a lot of region 
racers out here on the West Coast. So after going to a few events, you know, there was Spec Miata or Spec Racer Ford are the big two classes out here in the San Francisco region. And so then it was a toss-up between the two. And after talking to a bunch of people and and seeing the cars and stuff, I I ended up renting the Spec Racer Ford with the intent of also renting a Spec Miata and trying it out. But that just never happened, and I ended up driving a Spec Racer Ford. I can't blame you there because I think the I think the Spec Racer Ford makes almost the same power as the Miata, but it weighs a lot less. Maybe not a lot less, but it weighs less for sure. Yeah. So your your entry, like your cost to buy the car, your entry level is a lot higher. I mean, you can get a Miata for you know three thousand, four thousand, five thousand kind of range. Spec Racer Fords are a little bit more up from the twelve thousand to fifteen thousand. So your investment early on is a lot higher, but the cost to repairs and stuff like that on the Spec Racer Fords a bit cheaper. So, can you just buy those body panels? Because I know you've had your bumps and bruises along the way. So can you just buy those? You patch them back together, or what do you do? Yeah. So the guy I run with, he has some of the molds he made up for the body panels. So we'll cut off a section and then refiber a glass in together. And then he does a lot of the paint and prep work as well in his shop. So he does a lot of the fiberglass there. The other cool thing is if you rip a corner off, uh, you don't have to beat out body panels. You just, you know, replace suspension arms and things like that. Nice. So makes it a lot easier kind of repairing and working on it's a lot easier too. So as far as the spec racer Fords go then, what are you allowed to change as part of that series? Yeah, so ours class is really a big, you know, one mic class. It's really spec. Uh, right now there's two different types of motors, but you're allowed to change. Um, there's a couple of different options for seats, but the seat has to be in the same location. But you can change your dash, your data system, your steering wheel. Uh, you know, you can paint it how you want it to pa- be painted. But a lot of the other stuff is all uh, restricted and regulated, which is good. Uh, keeps the costs down and kind of levels the playing field a bit. Because so. you guys even have like a spec brake pad and a spec tire. You can only buy one tire, right? Yeah, so we have this this new season this year is Hoosier tires, and um, so we have rear tires that are slightly larger than the front tires, but yeah, we all run the same tires, all run the same brake pads. The motors are sealed at the factory, uh, well, at SCCA Enterprises. They dyno-tune and seal the motors, and they're all within a few horsepower of each other, and then the gearboxes are also sealed, so we have to run the same final drive and everything, so... So then do you, to get stuff like that, is it easily obtainable or is it more of like there's only a couple of companies you can get that stuff from? So the great thing, I guess, with the Spec Races Forwards in particular, uh, they have customer service representatives. So especially at SCCA weekends, they have what they call a customer service representative. He's responsible for that region and he has all the spare parts on hand that you could want and you can just buy the parts from him. And then you can huh. also buy parts from SCCA Enterprises, but typically it goes through the customer service rep and then you buy the parts from them. So so there's some custom parts that are only SCCA parts and then there's other parts that come from other donor cars kind of thing. So when I was looking into this, I I was started thinking about the engine because for me, at least on, on my car, on the Fiat, that seems like I'm always screwing with the engine and doing stuff with it and I've, I've um, ruined valve guides and stuff like that racing it. What, I mean... When you've got a sealed engine, 
what are your options? Do you just run it until you're just like, I'm so far down on horsepower, which might be in this case, 10 that it's not competitive anymore. So I need to look into buying a new one next season. What does that look like? Yeah. So, um, you, Basically, you run the motor. I knew a guy who had a motor for about six years and was still competitive. So the motors aren't, you know, peaked motors where they're at the limit of their available horsepower. They're designed for multi-use. So some people will switch a motor, you know, every couple of seasons. Same with a gearbox or something. But some people just use their motor until it dies, and then you can buy another one. Are they pretty and expensive? The, or? Well, the, they were... Um, but now with the, the new motor out, so there's a new 1.6 that makes about 135 horsepower, and that's what we call a Gen 3. Those motors run around 4,000 or so, uh, depending on the replacement and what you need done. You can just get the, the head replaced, or you can do the full rebuild. Um, but because everybody was upgrading to the bigger motor, all the old motors went really cheap, and so you can pick one up of the old motors for you know 600 to 1,000 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Because you, yeah. you, you did a whole piece for Tracktuned, our guys over at Slip Angle. You did a whole article for them about the cost of the Spec Racer Ford, didn't you? Yeah, I, I put some data in there on the, on the cost numbers for Jebay. He was interested in the class when I was talking to him and just messing around. So he wanted an article for that. And then on my website, I have a little bit more of the cost about you know what it costs to run a weekend, you know, entry fees, race gear, things like that. It's, I mean, it's got to be... It, Motorsport's not cheap. I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, but it's got to be one of the less expensive options for wheel-to-wheel racing that isn't lemons racing, which we, we'll, we'll talk about this. will come up again during the show. But it's it's lemons is like that race series that seems really cheap, but it's not by the time you end up replacing so many things and trying to keep your car running unless you've got a Civic. But um, it's got to be... It's got to be down there. I mean, maybe Formula V in some regions is is cheaper because it's been around for such a freaking long time, and there's a lot of cars available. But it's got to be pretty affordable racing. Yeah, it's 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 cheap. I mean, a Formula V can be a cheaper car. The problem out here on the West Coast is there's not as many of those cars running, other than in the the majors events, which are like the national level stuff. So on a regional weekend, there may be one or two drivers, and you know. I wanted to to race and learn a little bit more about racing, not just driving fast. And so yeah. it wasn't really the path for me. But, but, you know, Spec Me Out is pretty cheap to run. Formula V is pretty cheap to run. Spec Racer Forward's reasonably cheap to run, too. And then, you know, you've got, like, Chump Car, Lemons. And out here, we also have another endurance series that's uh, Lucky Dog Racing. It's on the West Coast. And they're like $2,500 cars instead of like the $500 cars. So they're a little bit more serious. You get a few more like BMW, you know, E30s, E36 kind kind of cars, things like that. I wonder if that would be better though. Yeah, is it, is it similar to Lemons with the kind of the same rules? Yeah, so it's it, they don't have any rules about, you know, how much horsepower or how much brakes and stuff. It, it's like you can spend $2,500 and then there's the safety gear. And then they class you in like an ABC kind of class, and that depends on how fast you're running. So if at one event you're really fast, they may regroup you, or depending on the car counts, they may regroup you and stuff. That way, like if you end up being like the fastest car out one race weekend, you're probably going to not have the same classification the next weekend kind of thing. And they may add, you know, they may add a disadvantage to you by moving you up class, things like that. 
It almost sounds like that's a little bit more serious than uh, like Chump or Lemons because like they showed pictures of Lemons just the other day of like one of the recent races and a guy had done his car up and it looks like a big duck or something. Did you see so, the... <laughs> I, saw, I saw one recently. There was a dude that had taken one of those pop-up camper trailers. Yes. And had he had taken a car and then he had cut the inside of the pop-up out and put it around the outside of the car. And he, he was driving looking through like the screen of the pop-up. <laughs> I'm like, how? What how, is, how is that legal? Stop? Right? How is it? What is this going to stop? This is ridiculous. There was yeah, that. I think my favorite was the helicopter with the Australian on that team. That's how I found out about. It. There was, there was a. They put a helicopter on the chassis of a car, and then that they were driving that around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when will it end? I I do like. It's it's like the drifting thing again. I do like the kind of slight disregard for. I mean, not really disregard for safety rules by any means, but just a little just a little bit more relaxed like we're here to have a good time so let's have a good time you right. know what i mean i do like that aspect of it but that lucky dog thing sounds kind of interesting because m- my thing about lemons is i wonder if five hundred dollars is like too cheap and and then it just nickel and dimes you to death and you're working on your car for 26 hours and racing it for two hours at 10 minutes at a time so i wonder if that would be better racing you know what i mean you put a little put a little bit more money into the car up front and then you'd have a better you know a longer endurance car you know what i mean yeah I like it would run a little bit more than the 500 hundred dollar car but maybe i'm just making shit up because probably what you do is you'd, you'd you'd be like okay so i'm gonna buy the most ridiculous 2500 hundred dollar car i can buy which is like a hardly running jag xjs with a v12 in it and that's what i'm gonna run and you just end up with the same issues that's what i would do personally. yeah that'd just be right. a little bit more expensive Right, then all the parts are more expensive, and you can't go to O'Reilly's or Pet Boys or whatever and get parts for it, and so then you're really screwed. So once it's done for the weekend, you're just out. But I'd like to, I'd like to look into that. It sounds kind of interesting. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so, I only just found it out recently, so it, I'm kind of looking into it to see. It looks like a really good alternative to the $500 cars. It, it's a little bit more serious kind of thing. And so maybe next year after we do our lemons race together, we can all get together and do a lucky dog race. <sighs> Robbie, nobody knows about this lemons race that Sounds we have. Everyone Sounds knows. Good. We talked about it with the slip angle guys. It's already a thing. Oh, that's true. It has yeah, to happen. So we will probably be doing that lemons race, I don't know when, probably sometime in the spring. It's in April, isn't it? And Gingerman on your birthday. No, no, no. That's the one in October. Uh, the one in October this year is at Gingerman. And I said, I don't think that that one's going to work this year. I did not but know. Then we, your, I thought your birthday was in April. Gingerman, though. Yeah. Is there another one in April? Well, I think every year they have an April Gingerman one. So I don't know. The schedule's not out yet for lemons. So. That's too convenient not to do it. I know. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it. I hope, I, I, I honestly, even though it's funny, but I, I do hope that Jubei still has his car and he's willing to prep it for us to do it because I think it'd be a good time. Yeah. If we I think it'd be way more racing than we are prepared to do. I'm going to have to spend all winter practicing on the simulator, getting used to sitting there for five hours and I think just, you're just getting, getting behind the wheel. I think you'll get in the car and you'll be going around and around and around the track and just get sick. You'll just be like, I just need to come in and sit down for a while. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, so I, I did a four-hour enduro at the end of last year, and we were doing one-hour stints, and so that was pretty good. So it kind of you don't even notice an hour has gone by when they're like, okay, you need a pit now. And you're like, what? What? What happened? We're not driving at ten tenths. You're, <laughs> you're driving probably like six or seven tenths. I would, I would guess. I mean, I've never done it, but I've been told that you're not, you're not going flat out all the time because the car won't take it, and the tires won't take it, and the brakes won't take it. But you know, so if you're not going that fast all the time, it's not as taxing on you either. You know, you can kind of find your line and kind of get into a groove and just, 
you know, be in the car for a while and kind of settle in. But driving like your hair's on fire all the time, which is what we're used to, because like, <laughs> I have 30 seconds on my lap, and this is all I get, and you drive around like a maniac. That's not how you drive when you do a lemons race. No, not but. at all. So yeah, um, you're not you're not trying to set lap records, and the other thing you're not doing is you're not trying to make that pass. You know, like a sprint race where you you know push to make a pass kind of thing. You're you're timing your passes and waiting, biding your time a little bit more. Makes it, sense. Is your uh, is your season over? I mean, this is basically going to be september 2016 when this comes out beginning of september do you guys have any any other races on the calendar yeah so there is an october race that i think i'm going to race in that's the last weekend for our region and then in december i'm probably going to be running the 25 hours of thunder hill with a with some of the other spec race of ford guys so so is that that's a real 25 hour race in a spec race for ford car yeah, so we're using a modified Spec Racer Ford Gen 3, so with a new motor, and yeah. then it has some aero kits and some lighting for nighttime, of course. So uh, they, they've run that car quite a few years in the past, and then uh, they actually got third one year in their class, and so we're looking to, to run it. And this will be my first time running a 25-hour race, so it's going to be interesting. Is that an unsanctioned S- non-SECA type race, or what, what is that? That's a NASA race, yeah. Oh, so it's, it's a NASA, NASA race, okay. Because you're talking about putting arrow on the car, so it made me wonder. Yeah, they have like uh, ES, ESR, I think is the top, you know, where the Normers and Porsche GT Cup cars are, and then E0, E1, I think, and E2 maybe. Um, and you can have everything from, you know, Miatas on the track through, you know, E30s all the way up to Porsche GT3 Cups or prototype cars. So. Oh, so you could bring anything in you want then. They'll just class it. Yeah, they'll just class you based on, I think, power and weight and then also uh, lap times, I think. I think they take into account some of the lap time stuff. That's pretty cool. That'll be an interesting race, I think. Yeah, I, I've pit crewed a couple times, and so that's fun. It's kind of exhausting, but it's really rewarding at the end. So that should be pretty cool. So tell us more about the uh, about the Datsun. We've seen it. I think it's been on our Twitter page, but I really don't know much about it. You've got some content about it on your website. Yeah, so the Datsuns. I think I call it my forever project. I'm always kind of working on it from here, time to time. Uh, I bought it. Uh, you know, when the economy went down, people were selling off their toys, and I just happened to pick it up then. I was lucky the guy put a bit of money into it, and he redid all the interior. So he did it, he kind of did it backwards, you know, how you normally do the paint and all the suspension and everything, and then you fix the interior after. He decided to fix the interior without doing the paint and uh, all the other suspension. So I've gone through, uh, put some better uh, suspension on it still running stock brakes and that was always a taxing kind of on the track day weekends i had to bleed the brakes quite a bit uh, between sessions and then uh i just recently put an lsd in it uh, a couple years ago and then right now the motor is a little tired so i'm in the process of building a performance motor for the car now and swapping it over you put a subaru diff in it didn't you yeah so the the r180 subaru diff from the WRX STIs, they are direct bolt-in for our on R180 Subaru diff, except for the output shafts. They just have a different spline, and you can buy those adapters pretty easily online. So That's really bizarre. I'm surprised that that's a thing. Well, it's the same. I think it was like Fuji Heavy Industries makes the diffs. Yeah. So they're all 
Oh, so it was literally maybe even the same design when they did the STI that they just grabbed that design and changed it for (laughs) the Subaru. Huh. Yeah, so the case is about the same size and it has the same bolts. And then it's just you switch the input shaft where it mates and the output splines and that's about it. So That's pretty cool. That's probably a really easy easy swap then. Yes, relatively straightforward. Um once you get it done and you get it the the you know, just you gotta source the diff. Um you gotta make sure it's an SDI diff because the other diff won't fit and that's the big thing. And then um, just getting those spline shafts, you can you can buy them from a few machinists online now. So, so that's got a straight six in it, right? Yeah. So at the moment, it has a two point eight straight six. That's kind of a little bit tired. It's got low compression on it, um, and so I'm building a another straight six, but we're gonna bore it out to like two point nine five, two uh, almost three liters. But you're gonna and keep then, you're uh, gonna keep it the basically it's the stock block it's you're not going to a different engine or anything like that no i'm just modifying the stock block and then uh uh upgrading the pistons and all the the bottom end kind of thing and then redoing the the top end are you sure you don't want to do an sr20 swap uh you know the i think the the big bang for buck is probably the 1jz or the 2jz just because the parts are so available here in the u.s with the lexus cars Yep. Um, the SRs and the uh, RBs are harder to get here because uh, the US, you know, never really brought the Skylines over, and also the S the SRs you can get nowadays are a little they're getting a little tired. So, Robbie's right now looking at a uh, 240 that he wants to LS swap to go drifting. Well, yeah, can't drift with the one I have, so I a need two, to get another one. A 240Z, not a 240SX, though. Oh, 240Z, yeah. Yeah, he's looked at a couple <laughs> Z cars. I can't. I can't get away. Maybe James could talk you into it. Oh yeah. Well, I, I kind of yeah. talked myself out of it. I'm like, oh, it's, it's really rusted out. The fr- uh, frame rails are rusty. And then, then my buddy goes, oh, you get frame rails for 400 bucks on eBay, and it's a race car, so we can just put a, uh, sheet metal on the bottom. Well, aren't you gonna have? Uh, aren't you gonna have a cage belt for it anyway? Yeah. See. So, so that, what do you care if it's not, a little flimsy when you yeah, get see, it? Now you're, you're gonna just, have a cage belt. You're supposed to talk me out of this. And no, tell I'm me not. Sp- I'm never supposed to talk you out of it. Why would I talk you out of it? They're cool. I know I want it really bad. You should get it. It would be it would be a cool it would be a cool race car because it, is it smaller than a 240SX footprint wise? Is it a little smaller? I think it's shorter. Shorter for sure. Shorter. Do you have a do you have There's, back seats? Is yours a two plus two, James, or is it no back no, seats? No, mine's just a two seater. Yeah, it's just got the hatch. So did they do a two forty two plus two? No, I think that was like two sixty and two eighty. Okay, that, so so yeah, you would you would think it's a little smaller because you're. 240SX had back seats, right? Yeah, it's got back seats. It still has them in there? Yeah, yeah it's complete. So, something to think about, Robbie. You should LS let's, swap let's, with let's 240Z. See you, let's see if no one buys it because of the rust in the next few months. And I'm then, not, not going to tell anybody where it is. No, I, I can just go and talk to them. Just go get it. When you get, back from, when you get back from doing your little drive in Florida, <laughs> call them up. It's only $500. What do you have to lose? Call them up and go look at it. Can't afford to not buy it, You really. can't afford to not buy it. I, I have an extra. I could park outside and put it in the garage down here. Let's have two race cars in the garage. Right. The Rogue does not need to sit in the garage. No, I can sit outside. It's made for that. You got remote start, don't you? What am I? Like, rich? I don't have that stuff. Oh, jeez. Come on, It's Robbie. a luxury. I don't need that stuff. My 10-year-old Trailblazer has remote start. That's because it has all the bells and whistles of every I'm car. I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, the Rogue <laughs> could sit outside. I think you should do it. Yeah. I think you should get a 240Z. <laughs> With an LS. It. It's an easy swap. Man, I can do that over the winter since I'm not working. A lot of people have done it. 
We can go junkyard pull an engine for you. Oh, and now since my ECU, I have proof that it's running on another vehicle, that I can get it running on my vehicle, which means I'm not going to be pouring money into the 240. I could pour money into the 240Z. Right, so Robbie got an update from his tuner that they had had it on another car and it was running perfectly fine. So This was after they fixed the uh, circuit board that was burned out. And then he got it running fine on another car, and then he said that my map is likely bad as well, based on on the voltages I was getting from it originally. So the second time you sent it to him, it did have a burnt circuit board? Yes. Okay, so they fixed that. Yes. They want you to change your math. Yes. Which you've ordered. Yes. And all that will be back when? Likely this week, early next week. Okay. It'll it'll probably come Friday or Saturday when I'm in Florida, and then I'll just do it all next week. You'll figure it out. Because I'm going to go through and make sure that everything is wired in perfectly right. Yep. And make sure that I wasn't the f- at fault for cir- wire or shorting out my circuit board. So I'm going to go through and double yeah, check maybe literally what, every wire. Maybe that's what car. happened with your other one, too. No, because that, that one ran fine. Fo- the, the ECU was fine. It was? Oh, yeah. When you sent it back, they said it was fine? No, I yeah, someone else has it in their car already. And it's running? I, as far as I know, yeah. Bizarre, man. Yep. Bizarre issues. That's yeah, so was my car. That's the... It's my cursed SR20. <laughs> but you've got the new wiring. Yeah, anyway. It should be fine. It should just it sh- work. It should just work. It should just work. It really should. Who knows? Maybe get that math in there. It'll be... And okay. maybe that's all it was. And yeah. the fact that it shorted out was not even my doing. Right. You don't know. It could have been shorted when you got it, right? I don't you, don't, have you don't have a clue. So hopefully this ends this saga of your car not working it, right. Be, now that race season's over, it'll it probably may, fit, right. It'll be, be perfectly fine. And those Hoosiers <laughs> you got are completely useless. I, yeah, I can get those mounted. We can go to one autocross event, and then I can just park it for the winter. And you can bring your Hoosiers you can, inside. You can burn yep. them up in a parking lot. I'll do that either way. <laughs> there's there's like two more O drift collective events left. I'm just yeah. Saying. So I'll take my A my A seven out to a drift <laughs> event. Do it. Do it. Like, what, yeah. the, what the hell is this guy doing? You can do it tandem with the Fiat. There you go. There you go. That'd be an awesome picture for the background. Oh, you need, yeah. You need a car with a, we both need cars with cages. Yes, we do. Because we can't do tandems without, without, we need cages. We need door bars. We need door bars. We need cages. I got a four point in mine. We could have the 10 tenths drift team and then just leave Adam off to the side. Because he doesn't even show up anyways. (laughs) (laughs) He said he'd do the camera car. Well, you know what the problem is though? Because you'll have, you know, 400 horsepower or more. I'll have 300 horsepower or more, but he'll only have a hundred and whatever. And so he's he's not gonna be, able to be way he's, behind yeah, us. It's gonna be a useless camera car. It's gonna be, yeah. I'll say if I have the LS, be like, we're gonna have to get him like a really bzzz. really long lens so that he can actually shoot photos of us doing <laughs> doing tandem trips. <laughs> he's gonna be he's not gonna be any Larry Chen. We'll put it that way. Oh, that's for sure. No, you, you let him go first, and then you guys pass him drifting, and then he gets. Oh, himself. I didn't think about that. That's an interesting point. Look at you thinking outside the box. I think he has door bars too, so he's already he's just waiting on us at this point. Yeah, he really is. Or you. To buy a Z. Buy a Z, Robbie. I'll definitely buy a Z. I just got it. Once you get the other 240 working, you're going to be bored. So what are you going to do with your time? I I always need a project. There has to at least be one project car going at all times. Oh, uh, BTW. uh, The Camaro's fixed. No way. car that I never talk about on the podcast. The 79Z28 Camaro is fixed. It was a lifter issue? No. Well, so, okay, that turned out to be a blessing in disguise because you rode in that car and you heard the nasty noise it was making. Yes. It was a bad noise. So I took apart the top end. I took the basically loosened the rockers and pulled the push rods. And some of the push rods were damaged, right? Right. You remember, remember that. all that? Yep. So finally, after good guys, I was feeling motivated. <clears throat> so I went out and bought replacement push rods for those to see if at least I could get the noise to go away. If it was just the push rods slack in there hammering. Right. 
So I put him in. I I set the lash on the rockers and started it. It was making the same exact noise. And so I was like, that's got to be internal, nasty, clicking, banging noise. I'm like, this, it's got to be bad. So I put it on the, it was, it was running, so I put it on the trailer and took it down to the shop and put it on the lift. And the rear passenger exhaust um, header bolt was out. And I was like, there's no way Can't that's all exhaust noise. That's all basically the combustion. You're hearing the combustion outside of the header. I'm like, there's no way all that noise is perfectly fine because it was like a hammering noise. Yeah, it sounded like a, a knock, yeah. a, like a top-end knock. No, sir. It's quiet. Well, except for the really loud ah. exhaust. It's perfectly quiet. So I've spent the whole summer not driving it because I thought for sure something internal was wrong with it, and it was just an exhaust click. Well, it's like the, if I could ever get this SR20 running, I know I have a top-end tick. Yeah. And like the guy that sold it to me was really concerned about that, and he's like, oh, I, can't, I don't trust it because he, he spun a bearing in it before and had it rebuilt, and then it started ticking again. So he's like, I, I, don't, I don't trust it. I, you, you drive it. I'm, I'm looking into it. I was like, this, that's what SR20s do. They're, they're called tractor engines for a reason they, they because get, they always sound like that. They got hydraulic valves in them or hydraulic uh, yeah, lifter, hyd- hydraulic or, lifters. Yeah, so they, the lifters get stuck or they don't pump up all the way and they start ticking, right? Yep. Because there was a kid... Um, I call him a kid. He's probably the same age as me, but he was at he was at Marshalltown when we did that invite track day that Bill put on. Yep, yep. He's got a like an E36. I think it's an M3. Maybe it's not, but that thing was noisy. Tick, 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 like an SR20 swap? No, no, no. It was oh, just he, a, just a Beamer, a, right? Okay. But he's he's he like drove by and we're all looking at him. He's like, "Don't worry, it's they just, just all make this. They just noise. do that." I'm like, "That is a really loud ticking noise, though." He's like, "Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine until it blows up, I guess. But well, you know, it's uh, fine for now." Well, my, my last SR20 did that too, but I think it was actually the sprocket gear for the VTC. I don't know what the hell that thing even does. Um, it clearly didn't work on mine, but that gear would uh, whine and and sound like a tractor as well. And I think really? that so. My, both of my SR20s have had some sort of a top end tick. It's whatever. You're if it's not, cursed, Robbie, you're just cursed. You're a little cursed <laughs> on the SR20 thing, which is why I'm. I need to go to an LS. Trying to bring him it, over yeah. to the dark side. Yep. Because now I have more of a ground to stand on than before. It'd be really cool to pop the hood of a 240 my 240Z and have a GTO logo or a VET logo. I don't disagree with you there. You know, if you know, they sell Viper V10s for six grand. Where? The, the with e- the with the transmission on it. Uh huh. Where? eBay. No. I'm, I'm working not, ones. Uh huh. Six grand. Complete. No way. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what it would look. You can Google it if you want. Oh, well, well I, I bet the problem is what are you going to put it in? We can make that work. We would need to cut the front end off of a car and make it longer. We're caging it anyways. Well, I, I'm fully aware of that, Robbie. I'm just saying that it's not just going to fit in there, though. <laughs> so you're, 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 you're talking to two engineers car. here. We can make this work. Are you looking it up right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, pictures I, already didn't happen. I'd be, oh, shit, I'm way off. How much? Oh, here, this one. How much? This one's five grand. How many miles? Does it work, though? That's a good point. Does it work? No, this one's 7,700. Uh, no, with with the transmission, it goes up dramatically. Oh, does it? Yeah. I don't know which one I was thinking of. Well, so it's, tw- it's, closer to 12 grand, so never mind. Okay, so never option. mind. This discussion is completely useless, then. My bad. Okay. My bad. So, we, LS wants. All LS wants. It's, it's too easy. We could get you one for a couple grand. Yep. Be off to the races, literally. Good to go. Next summer could be really awesome. You know it's never going to be that easy, though. Nope. It's never going to be. You're going to, especially if you get a Z car, because 
here, I mean, James doesn't have to deal with this where he's at, but where, where we are, everybody has left them in their backyard for 10 years. Like, there's not a not <laughs> one that, like, somebody has driven in the last five years. Mm-hmm. They've all sat in somebody's backyard, and they all sat in the backyard with flat tires, and then they sunk into the ground. And so they start, the floors rust out, and so you got to yeah, deal with that. Everything just rusts out anyway. You know, dog legs, floors, the frame rails, you know. Is that, I mean... You guys don't see any of that there, though, do you? Unless somebody's left it in we the get, yard and they've it's literally sunk into the ground. Yeah, or by the coast. People leave it out in the salt by the coast. But, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find a clean shell. Um, and then they got a lot more popular, so they're, uh, they're, they went up in price like crazy. So, so you're saying a $500, you need to get $500 in, Z right now is You need to get in now option. is what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah, but I have a feeling you may put that on the trailer, and then it just like falls into dust. See, now he's talking me back out of it. Yeah, but we're put. You're putting a full cage in it. It doesn't matter. With bars, it's true. Y- you can have him build you a whole front end too. You can just hang the fenders. So on I could it. have him do the whole. Yep. Bottom everything. Yep. Shinomi's got your back, dude. He does. Just do it. Just do it. Like here's my five, here's my five hundred dollars shell. Here's two thousand dollars. Just fix it. Just all. figure it out. Yeah. Get it all done. He's basically just building you a tube chassis so car at that point. So drift car or race car? Yes. He he <laughs> he has this idea. It's not the like the craziest idea ever, but he wants to build an all around car, and I I don't entirely disagree with. I want to make it capable of drifting, but I could also take it and grip with it. I think it's totally possible. I, I we still have yet to find somebody that's done both or like owns both cars and has done really well with both cars and could tell us the setup difference. Like even like even with you in the Fiat, I'm not saying I'm going to be competitive in both, but I want to like if I take it to either event, I I could do it. I would think in a car like that, if you put, especially if you put like the angle kit on it, yeah. I think that's going to be your biggest issue is the right. angle, and you have an LSD instead of a welded diff. Right. I can't imagine that you couldn't do both. I mean, it's not you're not trying to w- win Formula Drift and right. then do World Time Attack the next day. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's not? that's what challenge? a real that's what a real champion would do. Ten tenths challenge. Yeah, but so I I I can't really imagine why it wouldn't work. It seems like the setups are very similar. Alignment yeah. wise is very similar. You just need different you, and tires. You could, yeah, so you could adjust your you could have a more aggressive um, like camber setup for when you're drifting, and then kind of dial it back. And I I still think if you ran like two or three degrees of camber, though, you could be fine either you way. You should be fine. I mean, just really? Change, change your tires and, or wheels and tires. Just have, just have grip tires. Right. Just have like four sets of wheels. That'd already, be the I have a couple, yeah. so I mean, what's a couple more? Right. What's a, what's a bolt pattern on a 240Z? I think they're four by something. Four Dude. by 114, whatever it is. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so <it's> <laughs> no, you're, in, you're in fiat world then with Don't, me. Four the, by nine. You can do a five you wheel. Can, you can buy a five lug, yeah. Yeah. A, a five lug kit. Is that a five by 100? Five version? by 114, I would say. Five by 114? Just like the two forties, that yeah, it's the yeah, same think, as the two forty. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think they're the same thing. You could just you could swap them. Okay, so you get a five lug kit, and then you'd be set. Yep. How many sets yeah. of wheels do you have now? Two. Just two. So we need to get you like two or three more. Yeah. But good news is about one fourteens is that, like a lot of the Ford stuff and a lot of the Toyota stuff, is five by one fourteen. So Mustang wheels. Yep. All the Toyota Lexus wheels, like all these wheels on Craigslist, all those Craigslist wheels. Yeah, yeah. Acura, it's the same. Yeah. Honda's the same. Some of the Honda. I don't know if there's a lot of five by one fourteen Honda, but I think Acura is all five by one fourteen. I think Scion was not. Might have been four bolt. 
I can't remember now. Anyways, a lot of options out there. This all makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. <laughs> That's why you should do it. Yep. As long as he's still got enough money to do the lemons raisin. Oh, don't worry. I'm saving for that already. I got a piggy bank putting pennies in every day. I'm not really doing that. He is in his mind. <laughs> uh, so for those that haven't caught on at home, uh, James is from Australia originally. When did you move to the U.S.? Uh, coming up on nine years, I'd say. So what makes 2007? End of 2007? So you spent a decent part of your life in Australia. I mean, it's not like you moved here when you were two years old and you had no idea really what it was like. No, yeah, I was in Australia for 20-something years, and then I was in Germany for a couple of years, and then over here. So so the Australia thing, we, we talk about Australia like it's the mecca for car culture, because all we see are you guys doing like burnouts in 1,000-horsepower Corvettes for miles at a time. Is, is that... Fabricated. It sounds to me like recently we've heard a bunch of stuff about them. Yeah, or the laws kind of ruining that. Yeah, I mean, what's oh, the, the hoon laws? What's the car culture really like there? So a lot of those laws got passed since I've been in the U.S., but uh, uh, there's still Australia's always had a huge car culture. The you know the Ford Falcon and the Holden Commodore, um, Holden Monaros, things like that. So that's always been big, and then. We got a lot of the gray imports from Japan, so there was always a, a big import culture. So with my buddies, when we were in like high school and stuff, my buddies had some RX-7s and a Mark II Super, and we used to drive those things around. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the lores are getting tougher, but there's always a lot of events. There's always burnout competitions. There's always you know things at the track and stuff like that, so drag racing, all sorts of stuff. So, See, when I think of Australia, I think of that movie, Love the Beast. Have you seen oh, that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the Eric Bana. Yeah, yeah, Eric Bana and the Targa what is that? Targa Floria. Targa Tasmania. Targa Tasmania. Yeah. And that to me is Australian car culture. That might all be Hollywood <laughs> bullshit. But like I mean, when I when I think of Australia, I think of like we have massive expanses of land and you know, if you do some dumb shit out here in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't matter because there's nobody around. But I don't know if that's true. Well, or not. I mean Targa Tasmania is, goes through little towns and stuff, so it's it's basically they shut down the roads and you know it's a big you know course you know on, on street roads you know trees right next to it all sorts of stuff. So are they still that's doing a it? Big event, yeah, yeah, still going. Yeah, sounds like a it's, ten it's tense a big trip. International event, so yeah. Interesting. I feel like there's a target on the back of a lot of those events, so I wondered if maybe it would start winding down. Yeah, so it's hard to tell because there's such a big Australian car culture, and I think that event probably does a lot for the state of Tasmania. So it'd be it'd be hard for them, you know, kind of to get rid of that event. It's a huge tourism thing, so it's unlikely they get rid of an event like that. So that's good. But I don't know. I, I haven't been there for years, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, how did it compare to Germany? Because that's another country with a strong car culture. Yeah, so Germany's car culture is a little bit different, you know. Um, uh, just the they have a lot of race, you know. You know, they're very, you know, they have their DTM series, and they have a lot of sedan racing, and you know, the tracks you can go to and drive. But you don't in in Germany. I don't think there's as much of that, you know, underground street racing culture, or at least you don't see it as much as you do in say the U.S. or you know Australia. And then in Australia, they're kind of cracking down on it. But the, the Germans, they tend to do it on track 
a lot more and there's a lot more ways that you can go cheap racing and things like that in Germany I think did you do any of the quintessential German driving experiences like the uh, Autobahn or Nürburgring yeah so we went on the Autobahn a couple times but my buddy's cars really weren't that fast cars and I didn't have a car when I was in Germany because I was only there for a short period of time you know I was flying back and forth from Australia to Germany um, so I was there for like, you know, a nine month stint or a 10 month stint. So I didn't really buy a car. And, um, but I, we did go on a buddy's motorcycle on the Autobahn once and I, and we were just flying along, you know, I, I want to say we did like 160 Ks or whatever. So a hundred miles an hour we were doing and we had to pull over as this Porsche just went flying by us, you know, like, like it wasn't there kind of thing. Like we weren't there, it just went flying by. So. There are those fast cars out there. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't get to do Nürburgring or anything like that. So. I, I wouldn't want to be on the Autobahn in a motorcycle. Not at That's all. It's too much I'm, stuff going on. Like doing it on the interstate here is too dangerous in my opinion. I can't imagine the Autobahn. Well, not, yeah, not only that, but like he's talking about, you get one asshole in a Porsche that really thinks he needs to do 200. Like he's going to try well, it. He wouldn't he's, even he's, see you. He's going for yeah. Right. And he's, you're just going to be a bug. Yep. He's just going to smash you. And there's trucks changing lanes, and yep. there's too many things. You wouldn't see it coming. No, nah, there's there's too many things happening for me. That's just you going a normal pace and everybody else around you, you know, being dumb. But think about if you went out there and did 180 on a superbike, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. Because nobody's going to see you coming. No, not at all. And they're going to change lanes right in front of you, and you're going to die. They're a lot better over there about, you know, the the keeping out of that lane unless overtaken though they're real serious about that law so as they should be seems like there's been more pressure on it here lately but not enough not probably not enough for like the general public to get it that they need to get out of the left lane but what didn't we talk about a while ago like minnesota or something like that was going to start ticketing for it oh, i can't remember there was, was there was a it was, state it was in northern i want to say michigan was it michigan it was they're going to start ticketing for it missouri already does do they really she got one Oh, really? <laughs> Jess got a ticket for camping in the left lane? Yep. Where were you? I wasn't with her. I, I, this is long before I met her. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I didn't she know She like, got it the week they put it as a, as a law, too. This is, this is a state that you can drink in the car. Yep. As long as you're not... Well, you can drink in the you car. You can drink in the car and drive as long as you're under the limit. Right. So the driver can drink, but you can't camp in the left lane. Yes. It's a backward state. <laughs> hey. How's it going? Just <laughs> <laughs> gave him a look. I'm going to get a punch here in a minute. Um, and you've just lost all your listeners from that state. So. <laughs> all, all hey, we, lo- we love Missouri. I'm going there next month or next week. Next week. Yeah, yeah next week You'll I'm going to be there, there at the lake. And you're down there at the lake all the time. So We try to be, yeah. So what else, James? You got anything else before we do the news? No, let's hit, let's hit the news. Let's do this. We got for news, Robbie? All right, we can start with uh, Hyundai. Uh, won't build a Focus RS competitor, which... I don't know. Why not? So I read the article a little bit more closely. And I think what the... So first of all, this dude, this Albert Bierman guy, who's the head of their N division, which suspiciously sounds like M division. Um, <laughs> I think he. I think his the point he was trying to make was, we're not going to make that car right now. Right. Because I think he said that they were going to make it. They, were, they had plans to make it at some point. No, he, he said that uh, he's on board... With making one, yeah, they just don't have anything ready. And then he also claims that the customers are not ready for it. I think he meant Hyundai 
they don't have the like if they showed up with a 350 horsepower all-wheel drive monster like are you gonna cross shop it with the focus realistically if you're a person that's like the focus is sweet i want that are you gonna go look at the hyundai i think is the the point he's trying to make the hyundai would have to be a hot hatch just like the rs yeah and they and they would have to basically it'd be starting from scratch because like do they have an all-wheel drive drivetrain they not for that no yeah so that'd be everything would be from scratch so i think it's right like he said the customer is not ready what he should have said was we're not ready because they're they i don't know if they didn't see the focus coming i, I don't know it's, it's not to us it was like oh yeah the focus rs it's an awesome car like well, it, yeah their end division isn't even like out yet 2013 is when they were yeah. created Right, but they haven't really produced anything, I don't think. I think the Nothing first thing, this is speculation, but I think the first thing they're going to do is the Genesis Coupe, the new one. Yep. So the stupid thing about the Genesis, oh, yeah. the yeah. stupid thing about the Genesis Coupe is it's not going to be like the old one. The old one was like a two or like a three seventy Z competitor, kind of, but cheaper, or like yeah. maybe a Mustang V six yeah, competitor. It kind of looked to me. I always thought it was somewhat like a BRZ. Like it, it kind of had that, some, yeah. somewhat of the look. Maybe not quite the same class, but like you know that type of car, right? But I don't. Yeah, but I think they were going for the Mustang and the three fifty, three seventy Z kind of market. You know that that V six Mustang and you know that kind of market. That's what they were targeting. I think. Yeah, I think they were looking for more like the three hundred plus market, mm-hmm. three hundred horsepower plus yeah, market. They had three hundred thirty horsepower, and it, but right when you compare it to the three hundred horsepower Mustang or three hundred horsepower three fifty Z. I mean, they got walked all over. That that Genesis wasn't crap compared to the other two. No, it was it was, and it was a lot cheaper too. I think you could get one with the V six for like twenty six, which yeah, is like BRZ money. Yeah, and it made literally two hundred more foot pounds of torque than the BRZ. Right. I cannot believe it didn't fly out of the dealership, but people didn't buy them. So it got really bad reviews. Like a lot of the people like that would do like their initial test drives, and they were talking about it like three hundred three horsepower. Sure as shit, doesn't feel like it. That's weird. Like, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Obviously, I've never driven one. I've always, right. I, I, like when the concept came out, I fell in love with it. I thought it was a gorgeous car. It was like really the first Hyundai I ever thought about buying. But yeah, everything everything was negative once it came out. So they ditched that so was it, approach. So was it heavier? Is that what the, the issue was? Or? I think it was a little heavier. I don't know. I mean, that's like their first performance car, really. They Probably going to be wrong, but... They had the Tiburon... Which I would, I would, you know, you could, <laughs> that, was, that was a piece of shit. I think. Yeah, like their transmissions would shell out. Like it was nothing. I watched a buddy go through two transmissions in two months. So I, I, I think for a first attempt, it was really good. I mean, I, I if if I found a salvaged one, I'd really consider buying it now. Like well, I have no reason for it, but I would really think of, I would I would question it. I would think about it. You could it. cage it and put an LS I in it. I could cage it and put an LS in it. It would be a sweet drift car because you never see him. No, it'd be cool. I've seen one. I've autocrossed for like six or seven years now. I've seen one at an autocross. One. And they should be common. They should be at everyone. You would think so. Even the base model one's 270 horsepower yeah. with the turbo. It'd What's be fun like? at an autocross event. I would think so. I don't understand. Yeah, but you can buy a 350Z now so cheap. So why would you? Yeah, so eight grand goes a long ways for a 350Z. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it didn't work out for them. So they're going to do the new Genesis Coupe is going to be like a luxury thing. It's going to be like a coupe or the sedan? Both. But the coupe now, too. Oh. So when they do, I don't know if they're going to do a base coupe and then an end division coupe. I'm not really sure, but they're talking about like a twin turbocharged um, V6 in the new one. 
They really are following the BMW. They're like kind of the, doing the, the B- luxury, yeah, air quotes. <laughs> so, anyway, I think they need to do that first, and then maybe they'll think about doing a really, really hot hatch. But there was video. Did you see of that i thirty that had some sort of upgrade to it, or was supposed to be kind of an end division car that had? I knew a, they had the i thirty end division. Whatever that's that going to be on the Nurb- yeah, Nurburgring, yeah. but I didn't really it's, say anything. Past I don't know. That. I think that was maybe more of a Focus ST competitor, like a 270 horsepower, still front wheel drive type of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. So I don't know that that dude, that Albert dude, minced his words pretty hard on that, saying it was too fast for our customers and our dealerships. I don't, no sir, and don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> please make us a 400 horsepower all wheel drive Hyundai. Yeah, please do. More hot hatches. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, moving on. So the government released a proposal to limit the semi trucks to either sixty, or sixty, sixty-five, or sixty-eight miles per hour. So they didn't even. So they had different speeds then. Yeah, they hadn't even. Like the proposal kind of has different re- reasoning for each one. So like at, so like say I think it was eleven hundred some deaths a year on interstate with uh, semi trucks. Okay. And then they estimated that if you drop the speed limit to 68, you save 300 lives. Okay. And if you drop the speed limit to 65, you save 500 lives. And then if you drop the speed limit to like 60, you save 700 lives or something like some weird statistic yeah, that some, they come up with. Yeah, some algorithm that compared that semi truck drivers wouldn't crash as often and would live versus if they're going the speed limit of 70 or 75, they'll crash and die more. Well, I read something about 23% of all truck crashes involve, like, speeding. Is that true? I I don't know. Does that like, seem true? That doesn't seem true to It me. was always my understanding that they got major tax breaks if they governed them less than 72. I don't know if that's true. I couldn't find any information that actually validated that. But as long as I can remember, I remember truck driving, fr- like, kids that had truck driving dads in yeah. high school. I remember that being a... Th- to me, it was always a thing like, oh, yeah, if they, that's why they only go 70 or 72 on the interstate. It's because they can only go 72, and they get a huge tax break for not being allowed to go higher. Well, I thought, um, well, I know for sure that they have to keep logbooks. Right. And it's pretty easy to tell if you're speeding just based on how much distance you traveled over time, right? That's all speed is. So if you've got, if you went, you know, I w- couldn't even pick a distance, but pick a distance, and you divide it by how long it took you, and you come up with 75 miles an hour, it was obvious that you were speeding. Yeah. And so you could be levied a fine for that, or maybe it was taxed or whatever. So that's why they didn't speed. So I find it really weird that they're saying that speed is a factor, especially highway speed. Like maybe, you know, going through when you're getting close to your destination and you're in town and maybe you're speeding and you blow a light and then you hit somebody, but that's a different, that's, that has nothing to do with this. Well, then, like, also percentage-wise, they said there's 3.6 million big rigs on the interstate this year. Okay. And only 1,100 crash and die? That's a pretty low percentage. And if we're going to be targeting them, like, I mean, in all auto accidents, 1,100 is not a lot. It's low, percentage-wise. We we had, I think it was like 300 this year in in Iowa. Deaths? Yeah. 300 deaths, Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, I... It just seemed weird. And they also claimed that um, by dropping it down to, uh, I can't remember if it was 60 or 68, but dropping that speed limit down would be a billion dollars saved in diesel per year. A billion? A billion per year is what they're claiming. Interesting. 
I have my. But I wonder how much those drag things would save more in diesel. You know, you know those things on the back of the trucks to reduce the drag. Yeah, I the, wonder if that would save it more than going at sixty-eight miles an hour. Yeah, spend spend more time focusing on the aerodynamics of it and the uh, drag. Which they're going to yeah, have to do really anyway. If you're really trying to save emissions, I think that's where it is. I don't. I don't know. I'm not convinced that the speed is an emissions thing. It might be a safety. It's thing, it's interesting that this has come out right after we talked about emissions last week for trucks right. having to reduce those. Well, uh, again, like if you if you put a car on the interstate, like I realize there's a minimum of forty. But if you have a car that's constant, every single truck is constantly going two to three miles an hour under the speed limit. Is that technically? Well, to me, that'd be more dangerous because every other car is going to be passing that truck, going the speed limit. Well, that's like, what they they do in Illinois, though. Illinois, the truck speed limit's like five or ten miles an they hour. They have three. Slower. They have three lanes, though, don't they? Probably, yeah, that's I mean, true. It, and yeah. then then if we're going to go that route and have trucks be slower, we're going to have to redo our interstates. So we got three lanes everywhere. Th- three lanes everywhere. So you have your truck lane, and then you have your two lanes for your cars. No, I mean in California we have it's like ten miles an hour slower than the the cars, and we're only running two lanes. So Are you? We, Is we it- do do that here. So like it'll be like seventy on the the five, say heading north, and then the truck speed limit sixty. So let's see. Hmm. It doesn't do any good in that case then. Yeah, that's I, I don't know. Just always seemed weird to me. Like have different. I understand why you'd want them to be slower but at the same time it's like if you're on the same road you're sh- you should have the cars going the same speed so i always was going to be when they're over overtaking each other you know when a truck's overtaking another truck and you're stuck behind with all the traffic with the cars that's probably where it slows you the whole thing down yeah you're, you're moving yeah. Ro- moving roadblocks but the interesting thing is it sounds like yeah. the trucking administration is is all about it right they support it which i'm not really sure why yeah, again I thought their reason was because it would take longer to get to places and they get paid by the hour, so. <laughs> ah, that might be true. Well, I thought they got paid by the mile, 50 cents a mile or something. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they get, I don't know, it's that's fine. weird. It's a bizarre, the whole story is bizarre. It seems like there's right. something else going but on. But if you if you Google uh, like government proposal of semi-speed limit, there is a proposal every year with the same article title all the way back to 2008. Really? Oh yeah. Like if like, just like if you do a Google search, and you'll you'll look through it. Yeah. Like the first on the first page, there was stuff from 2010, 2012, all the way back to 2008, all on the first page. Hmm. So I mean, this isn't this happens. This isn't all, new. This is yeah every year. Interesting. I wonder why it's not passed in previous years. No, I didn't look into it enough to get an answer. Damn it, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's next? Uh, thieves steal two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of wheels and tires from a Chevy dealer in Texas. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, this is so stupid. This article. So what? So apparently they went in, knocked out the spotlights in the basically what it sounds like behind the the dealership. They cut through a fence. Cut through a fence. It was a fenced in dealership, and they they broke in. Yep. And then they well, what, it, what doesn't make sense either. In their reserve lot, right? Is it was it in the dealer lot or was it the reserve lot? It looked like a back lot. Yeah, behind it. Yeah. So. Yeah, but then they said that it took them four hours, and they showed up with a van, which doesn't add up at all. If you're stealing forty-eight sets of rims, how are you going to put them where, in a van? They're not fitting in a van. You're so they t- left. Is what you're, you're saying? Taking twenty trips. They where are left they going? and came back to steal more wheels, and then left and came back. Well, they had dump trucks. Yeah, but the article only said they came in a van, and then that was That's it. What? 
That is one awesome van. Like a clown car <laughs> van. Well, here's the really stupid thing is they didn't even steal like the good wheels. They, yeah, yeah, like off your yeah. your your cheap throwaway wheels from they, your Camaros. Yeah, they said they like stole wheels off the Camaro RSs and stuff, not off of like you know Chevy would have had like LTZ Sierra or not Sierras, but Denali's. Denali's or Denali's would be GMC, but LTZ oh, yeah. would be top of the line, or I don't know anything else. Any, anything else? Why would you steal like steel wheels and stuff like that off of a base model Camaro? Right, you're not going to get any money for that. And that, that's are they going to sell these? Like, is what are their right? Plans? That's that's the other issue now. You're going to take it to a you, uh, recycling area with you're going to show up with 48 sets of brand new rims and be like, oh, we're going to recycle gonna, this. You're going to have to sit on those for a year, and then next year you can start thinking about selling a few sets of them. You can't sell them all at once. You can't put 48 sets of basically brand new wheels on Craigslist and try to sell them. Right. Yeah, to me, this seems like less of a way to steal a bunch of money and more of a revenge thing. Cause just to screw them over. Yeah, it just seems like somebody's screwing somebody over by going into their lot, stealing rims that they're not going to be able to sell. They can't just turn around and get rid of unless they're shipping them out of the country. But even then, like, it just doesn't add up as to why they would do that. Or it's a scam. It just it, there's, To me, it's just a bunch of red flags. Maybe they were selling the wheels to Mexico? Sending them to Mexico because they are in that, Texas. Yeah, that's, that's got to be the only option. Or throwing them on a boat and the uh, and sending them to Europe or yeah, something, selling know. them to Portugal. Maybe they were maybe they were drifters and they cracked so many rims they needed. That's a good rims. point. They were going to keep them. They that's should. a good point. You know, that's why you would steal cheap wheels. That would be why I would. Because you're not going to put twenties on your drift car. No, I'd I'd steal them from the Nissan dealership, but you know whatever. But <laughs> if you had if you had a GTO, we know somebody that has a GTO. A GTO that drifts. I know two people that have GTOs that drift. Suspects. No, we're not not pointing fingers at, not any, pointing uh, fingers at any previous guess, but it's possibility that they, theoretically, if you I were just, a drifter yeah, with a fits. with a five by one twenty, no, he has a five by one fourteen bolt pattern. He's in the clear. The other guy with the red GTO, though, <laughs> he may have. If you see a red GTO in Iowa, it may have stolen wheels on it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just speculate. Just throwing that. Yeah, speculation okay. only. Please don't sue if me. There's a lot of curb rash on the wheels. You know they're stolen. So. Yep. <laughs> And then we can wrap this up uh, with the IndyCar had an exciting race at the Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I guess what the, to me it was really exciting was that Graham Rahal, I, can't, I don't know names at all, he came from third. Rahal. Rahal? Rahal. R-A-H-A-L. Rahal. 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 Do you have some like European Rahal. way of saying that? Pretty sure it's, it really is Rahal though, right? No, I James? actually, you know, you, you when you watch an IndyCar race, they announce, so... Robbie clearly has never watched an IndyCar race. That's not true. I've, well, we I watched to, it in person. We went to that IndyCar race, but it was so boring, he probably fell asleep. No, I watched it there. It was nice. I, but yeah, I'm not, listening. I'm not to, listening to him on TV. Compared to this, it was it was boring. Yeah. That race that Texas we went to, been fun. Texas would have been fun. The race that we went to was a lot of cars going around in circles 300 times with no incidents. No. And almost the same person in first place the entire time. Yes. Well... Texas was like rescheduled, right? They got rained out yep. in the first time, and that was rescheduled. So, yep. So, anyways, we'll say Graham. He, he came from third <laughs> to first on the last lap, and then won by eight thousandths of a yeah, eight thousandths of a thousandth second. of a second. That's crazy. Point zero zero eight. It was but like he almost lost it. He was yeah, like he was, celebrating <laughs> in the air. Yeah, he, yeah. It, he, he made the perfect pass, and then didn't really give himself the chance to finish it. Did you see? Uh, did you listen to that commentary, James? No, I just saw the bits of the video. I wasn't really listening in, but they said him lifting his hand up in the air like that is worth five pounds of drag. 
Oh, is it really? So he really could have lost from celebrating too early. Wow. That's crazy to think about. Yep. I mean, when you're talking about eight one-thousandths of a second, five pounds of drag, yep. could do it. It really could Easily could have done it. So Five pounds sounds like a made-up number, though. Five, everyone, you know, if it's a five or a ten, it's a made-up number. <laughs> it's 15 <laughs> pounds of drag, that fist in the air. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, five, is, it's five per hand. Oh, that's right, because you have five <laughs> fingers. That makes sense, right? A fist has five fingers, and it's five pounds. Yep, I get it. I totally. Get it. This is why they don't ask us to do any commentary for any race series, nope. even like backyard, unsanctioned dirt racing. They don't well, want us like, there either, because we'll just make shit up the entire time. Sounds more interesting to me. Whatever. Let us know. Call us. Yeah, our our reality is much more exciting than their actual reality. That's true. That <laughs> yeah, was the fifth closest win in Indy car history. That's pretty crazy. And. Uh, and then also Scott Dixon got caught on camera giving Ed Carpenter the double birds. He's pissed. Love it. Well, did Love you watch? It. You didn't watch I, this, did you? No, I I watched I watched that highlight reel. Well, I watched the highlight reel from the race. That was so like it. he's all pissed off. But if you watch the video, Ed Carpenter barely moves at all, and Scott Dixon comes up. Yeah, he up ran into, into him. Scott ran into Ed, right? Yeah, it was clearly Scott's fault. But it, you watch the video the first time, and it looks like. Yeah. Like Ed had come down on him, yep. but really, I think Scott went back behind him to draft. Yep, and he came up too fast. He came up too his... fast and hit him and just spun him around. Yeah, his right front tire hit um, Ed's left rear tire, and then Ed's yeah. Ed's rear tire actually uh, went flat like two laps later, and he crashed into the wall too. That was a pretty good sh- crash. I'm not sure because you see one angle and and Ed's not going all the way up on the bank and so if he'd swung out like he should have i don't think scott would have hit him so and whereas the other angle it's straight and you don't see that the bank goes up more so oh you think ed got off the line a little bit and well, that's i've got a side with the australian anyway oh yeah of course every time <laughs> i see how this is and he gave the double bird and that get you know that's awesome to that's me. bonus points yeah <laughs> yeah can't be too mad about that wasn't uh, Castro Nevis, wasn't he involved in... He was involved in, like, both of those crashes, too, I think. Because I think Scott Dixon ran over, like, almost ran into Castro Nevis after he, yep. he ran into the wall. And then he clipped Carpenter. The and then he yeah, clipped he Carpenter, and then he was out after that as well. Yeah. I told you, it was a way more interesting race than the one that we watched. Yep. There was, there was literally zero crashes. There was one engine failure. One, yeah, one engine failure, and then... Was, or was there two engine failures? Maybe there were two. It was two engine failures, and that, that was it. Like that they was just, literally they just put everybody for in 300 laps yeah. on a short track. Yeah. Just is guys it, going How big is Texas Motor Speedway? Do you guys know? Oh, it's, no idea. it's pretty massive. Is, I, it, is it like a couple-mile track? Yeah, I think it's big time. Yeah, because they do NASCAR there, don't they? Oh, I'm fairly certain. That'd be like a four-mile track, wouldn't it? No, not that long. No, no. They don't have the balls that long, right? How, how big is Indy? How big, how long, oh, Indianapolis? Indianapolis. How, I think it's less than three miles. Okay. Yeah, well, I think it's like two something, but I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, so Iowa Speedway is less than three, a mile. Three quarters of a mile. Three quarters. It sounds so short. It's yeah. itty bitty. Because Marshalltown's like five eighths of a mile or something. <laughs> yeah, our little autocross our track. Our little tiny Go-kart track. track. <laughs> right. So you think comparison wise, it seems so damn small. Yeah. It seems so small. Right. But yeah, no, yeah, Indy's tiny because it's like thirty-seven second laps or something, so it has to. Right. So it's got it. Yeah, maybe it is smaller than that then. Or, yeah, I don't know. I just it, I always thought Texas was bigger. Everything's bigger in Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. Why would they make a small right track in Texas? That would be ridiculous. What do you got for us, James? Before we sign off, uh, we need to make sure to plug your website and your sponsors. 
Yep. So you can find me on kangaroomotorsports.com, all one word. So K-A-N-G-A, short for kangaroomotorsports.com. And then I am on Facebook, Kangaroo Motorsports as well. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Kangaroo Motorsport, not sports, because Twitter won't let you have more than so many letters. I feel you. And then, <laughs> yeah, I think you guys had the same problem. Yep, yep. exact same problem. Yeah. And then on Instagram, Kangaroo Motorsports as well. So at Kangaroo Motorsports. And then I want to give a big shout out to my one of my great buddies and sponsors, uh, CSR Performance. He's the guy that we're going to be running the 25-hour Thunderhill car with, and he's the one that helps me with all my racing gear, and I've learned a lot from him over the years. So I want to thank Rick Herr for all his support. And uh, if you could check him out, CSR Performance, uh, give him a like. Uh, I'd much appreciate it. Cool. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, before he signs off, uh, make sure to find us at 1010spodcast.com. Uh, we've got our store up and running. You can order things at will. You don't have to wait for us to do another T-shirt release. You can order whatever you want there, including mugs, and soon, if we can talk Robbie into it, pillowcases, so that you can sleep <laughs> on us whenever you want to. I tried, um, I tried to find uh, ladies' clothes and like booty shorts. I couldn't do not it. Not a thing? No, well, you, no. You have to do a separate store. I, I couldn't store. link. I, I, I could do a different store, but I don't want to have two stores. So Here's a question for you. Did they have water bottles? This is for one person, but I'm going to ask it in front of all of uh, everybody. Do they have water bottles? Not on this site. Interesting. Not this they claim that they have like 10,000 different SKUs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, our current drop shipper has basically just a few other things, like totes and camera cases, or not camera, phone cases and pillows but and a couple other things. Basically, but. we've got, other than the pillowcase, which Robbie is vehemently against, well, for until, whatever Until reason. people start buying all their other stuff, maybe then I'll other pillowcases. Okay, fine. I, I just think pillowcases would be a hit, Robbie. I'm People not. be into it. Like throw pillows on beer, beer mugs. You guys got beer mugs? No, coffee mugs. No, that's not a beer mug. It's <laughs> 15 ounces. You, you, could, you, you could put you beer, could put in, beer in it. That's, um, not a, that's not enough beer. <laughs> I like this guy's from Australia. He yeah. drinks a lot of Fosters, I oh, hear. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> Do they even sell Fosters in Australia? It's really hard to buy. It is really hard to buy. Like, you got to go to a specialty store to try and get it. That's funny. That's not made in Australia, right? That's just a bunch of no, bullshit. No, no. It's just like a commercial. In, in Europe, it's made in Austria, not Australia. So really, yeah. So that have we been lied to this entire time? Or? The, the commercial says Fosters, Australian for beer. Do they think we're that stupid as Americans? That we are that stupid. I've never yeah. had it before. You guys buy Budweiser, and that's not American. So that's true. It's it's French, isn't it? No, it's no. German. It's German. Budweiser. It's Austrian. It's Austrian. Bush, right? Yeah, it's it's Austrian. Isn't that insane? He's an Austrian uh, um, immigrant. Yeah, but isn't, isn't like the whole? Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's an American lager. Sure. Yeah, but the profits aren't going here. It's owned by well, in- most. Of, most of the profits are in like the Ozarks. The it's, whole Bush family lives no, there. No, no, no. It's owned by InBev now. Oh, is it? InBev bought all that stuff from the Bush family. It's gone. Man, I don't know nothing. It's all gone. All it's, that stuff's going. Because anytime I do drink, it's the micro. Microbrew? Hipster beers. Oh, did you know? You probably don't know this, but James nope. does microbrewing. Oh, my gosh. So you're calling James a hipster. I call yeah, myself a hipster. Yeah, but the, the maker a of a microbrew is way more of a hipster than the drinker. See, now you said that, not me. Okay, well, fine. I'm calling James <laughs> an Australian hipster then. Fine. Yeah, we, we were just bottling last night with some buddies of mine. So, What'd you make? Uh, we, we did a brown ale and like a California ale. So Nice. What's a California ale? Like it's an gotta IPA? Be light. It's got to be light. It's, yeah, not, not as hoppy as an IPA, just like an ale. So like uh, 
so like a British ale is but with a little bit more hops, but not as hoppy as an IPA. Okay. Okay, so let me get this straight. James is an Australian. Yes. Who's traveled abroad. Yes. Who lives in California. Yes. Who works for NASA as an engineer. Which we didn't mention before, but yes. He does spec racer forward things. Yes. He does dots and things. Yes. He, he brews his own beer. Yes. Why are people listening to us? He's so James, much cooler than us. James needs his own podcast. Well, he has an accent, too. Yeah, and he has an Australian accent. Right. I don't really have much of an Australian accent anymore. I've lost a lot of it. Could you so. turn it back up, though? Like, if you had your own <laughs> show? Because I, I go home, like, if I go home and I'm talking to people, it comes back pretty quick, so. I'm sure. Because I, I have this theory that, like, and maybe it's other countries as well, but Americans, when they get around people with accents from foreign countries, they, they just automatically listen to those people. For no apparent reason. Oh yeah, people loved it when Joss was on. Yeah, because he's 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 from well, he's Indian, but he's British. Yep. So he's got the British accent. People love it. Oh yeah. Girls love it especially. Yeah. As Jess nods her head in the background. <laughs> Jason Ellis, Australian. Yep. He's still got a little bit of an accent. Yeah, people love him. Huge radio show. It's the biggest on Sirius besides Howard Stern. Is it? I think so. I think it's, I think second he, biggest radio show. I, I think he said I, he had like 11 million listeners. Or yeah, something. it's something crazy. It's crazy. That's a crazy amount of people. That is insane. So anyway, James, you should seriously consider turning that accent back up a little bit and and doing a movie, maybe a podcast <laughs> at an absolute minimum, but maybe just some voiceover work. We we just make this a yeah. thing where we travel and race with each other, and then we have you have him on have all him the time. On all the time. Yeah. He's the fourth member. It's a win-win. Well, or he'd be the third member since we don't have a third anymore. <laughs> All right, Adam, you've been replaced. Adam. Yep. Just like that. Yep, we're doing remote podcasts with, uh, with James, James from now on. Sorry. Man, Robbie's a savage this week. Doesn't care. Not he's giving a fuck. Yeah, he's missed like, what's his average? One out of every... Oh, he was doing eight? a lot better there. I'll come in One out of defensive, Adam. He was doing a lot better there for a while. Dang it. Can't completely. I did, I did pr- you can't I pr- sandbag him completely. He's I, pr- not I promised him that I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> train wreck him on the right show. Now. He did. He did. Robbie said he's just totally gonna run him over. Um, so to finish my promo, um, at the number ten tense podcast on Twitter, ten tense podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, what do we got coming up? Anything interesting? Um, you know something we talk a lot about grid life and another um, festival is proving grounds. Up in Brainerd? Of, yeah, we've kind of vaguely talked about it, but I don't know much about it. No. But it's coming up uh, the weekend of Friday, September 9th. So maybe we'll see some press from that. Yeah, it sounds like it's an awesome thing. It's supposed to be very similar. I think it's been a, around longer. Quite a bit But longer. it's supposed to be very similar. So if you're up in that area near Brainerd um, and you missed Grid Life or you just want to check out a track day you should check that out because i think they do some more they might do drag racing i think they do drag racing they too. do autocross there also See, this is why we need adam back because he actually knows this. he knows these things this, i'm trying to do adam's job now off of my phone which is normally how he does it um i think that's you about it his google calendar and then you're set you don't need adam oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just use his calendar <laughs> our season's winding down i mean yep. we're getting into mid-september um it'll be the week after this comes out so there's not going to be much left Unfortunately for us, we get snow, unlike James, who just gets the same weather. Just All there. the time? Yeah. Yeah, you should be jealous of our changing in the seasons. You get the same weather every day. We were talking about this. I don't think that he is jealous, to be completely honest. No kidding. Yeah, I think I'm okay with what I have. I'm okay with it. Yeah, you just you just keep your June gloom, and we'll just have Oh, shitty. June gloom, you mean as in sunny in 76 every No, day? it's dreary for like three days. You get three days of rain. Yeah. That's a pro- that is a problem, but otherwise it's beautiful there. So you guys just have to come out and do an endurance race on the West Coast in winter. 
Why are you gonna do that to us? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, I have like a two week winter break from work over Christmas. What? Yeah, we get we have is it scheduled. We have like a winter shutdown. Is that normal? Yes. Okay. So like I get I have like a paid two week holiday. Oh, okay. I was like, is this a bad two week? No, like, it's a wonderful. Oh, okay. It's a wonderful thing. Okay. So it's a good. So break. you're like I'd be pay- getting paid from work. I could leave. We could race. Well, we had talked about maybe going to SEMA. Oh, man. But that's in November. That's November, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could just save up and do like an event a month. But we got to go to... totally do SEMA. If all of our friends and listeners would buy shirts, we could afford to we travel. We go to SEMA? Yep. That's a good point. Because that's December 3rd, I think, SEMA is. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay, we'll figure something out. Or we'll go to... No, sorry, it's November something. PRI is no December 3rd, I think. I think, I'm pretty sure PRI is... We're probably December. not even close. No, I'm I'm fairly <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Probably same as in November. Probably not true, but yes, I'm fairly certain that PRI is in in December because I was kind of seriously thinking about that because it's closer. Yeah, it's in India, isn't it? Yeah, we could drive there or not drive there. I've got so many mileage points. I still need to go to to California though because I can go hang out with James and then hang out with Cabot also. Oh yeah. So I have to think about that. Yeah. We, well, spring we'll do the. 24 hours of lemons with you guys, and then maybe later in the year you guys go to come out this side. And do Lucky Dog, yeah. There we go. Or some other yeah. type of, of race. You guys probably have tons and tons of lemon, lemons races out there, don't you? Yeah, we do. Or the chump races. Us is they, uh, sometimes the schedule is on the same weekend as the SCCA weekend, so that's, that's you know, so I, I miss them because I'm racing Spec Racer. So Fair enough. Let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. done. We will uh, catch everybody next week. Thanks for tuning in, and James, thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me. Peace. Bye. Is that like Whore Island? No, Whore like Island would be great. Island. <laughs> Isn't Whore Island from 30 Rock? Sorry, I was, I was thinking about Whore Island. <laughs> it's from Archer. Is it from of Archer? Of course it's, it's from, from Archer. Oh, okay. Is there really a place called Horror Island? <laughs> no. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Should I-